I'm Danielle Laporte, and essentially, this is a one-woman show about self-realization called With Love, Danielle. This is, I hope it's obvious by now, an adult conversation, so just heads up with whoever you have around you. You can find copious notes on people I mention and books I refer to and uh, basically a compilation of every episode in the podcast notes at daniellelaporte.com. I'll be talking about compassion, self-help fatigue, sex, joy, serving the world. This is about a spirituality that's way more rock and roll than it is oppressive. I'm here to help you turn your anxiety into power. Personally, I want to live more deeply, but lighten up. You're going to hear about all the ways that I have finally figured out how to do that. It's about doing everything I can to help all of us feel a little less crazy, a lot more full of possibility, and clearly part of the solution. Hey, it's Danielle. I want you to want what you want in a way that everybody wins. Today, we're going to talk about manifestation, and you can't talk about manifestation without talking about faith. My observations about manifestation through the lens of being a recovered Catholic is that the Catholics think that if you want it, you have to go through God to get it. Uh, Being an armchair Buddhist has taught me that the Buddhists think your problem is that you want it in the first place. (laughs) The Zen Buddhists, they're really hardcore. What's to want? The Hindus come in and just tell you that you wanted that in the last lifetime. Capitalists, head of the nouveau religion, think you got to want it more than anyone else. And the New Agers, a couple of you raising your hand, we just keep telling the universe how much we want it. Everybody wants what they want. Everybody wants what they want. But the New Agers are particularly good at setting out to manifest and co-create and master the universal secrets of getting what they want. So, you know, we're all up in the goddess's grill when it comes to wanting to know the principles of manifestation, the secret, the laws of attraction, the science of desire. I think some of the manifestation teachings that have become really popular have actually done us a bit of a disservice. And that disservice is part of learning to discern and getting closer to our own hearts and our own wisdom, but sometimes it's a step back before you take that step forward. Those perspectives, those contemporary methodologies, so-called methodologies for manifesting, they really skew heavily on getting what you want instead of being what you want. And when the focus is on getting what you want, then the conversation is going to be a lot about essentially materialism and self-centeredness as opposed to being centered within yourself. And from that place, you can be incredibly generous. And a lot of the marketing around manifesting has such a tone to like guaranteeing this is the manifestation technique that's going to work for you. And the reality is that your chances of getting what you want are 50-50. You've got to allow a lot of room for karma and biology, and and environment, and what's going on in the world. And there's just so much. No one can give you a manifestation technique 
that's foolproof. I think there are universal um, esoteric strategies that increase your odds, but you've got to leave a lot of room for figuring things out on your way to getting what you want. Your soul might have other plans for you, and you can get halfway through your devotion to your vision board or your three-year plan and all the manifestation techniques that you've laid out for yourself. You can realize you are not getting what it is that you desire because it's not a fit for who you really are at this time in your life. In so many cases, our manifestation plan is based on, well, really just status quo, somebody else's definition of what's ideal, what we should want, what we should want in order to be quote-unquote successful, what we should want in order to be evolved, what we should want in order to be spiritual, what we should want in order to be a baller. Yeah, that's what's so slippery about the New Age manifestation conversation is really it can be just another form of dogma unless you examine your soul in relationship to the dogma. There's always truth in dogma. What's often a total miss is that desired feelings, and I'm all about feelings, specifically core desired feelings, feelings are often not even part of the manifestation equation. And it's, it's, a, it's the greatest missed opportunity in the strategy because we're not actually chasing the goal. I've said this so many times. What we're chasing is how we want to feel when we reach the goal. Um, if you're not clear on how you want to feel, you're going to keep running in just law of attraction circles. You're going to get the promotion, but you're still going to feel unseen. You got the relationship, but you're still going to have those abandonment issues. You're going to get the house. You're still not going to feel at home, potentially. So intentional creating boils down to those core desired feelings. And once you get clear on those, then you'll know what you really, truly, deeply want. And you can set about doing whatever it takes within healthy reason, to generate those core desired feelings. And the path to creating what you want, so let me be more specific about that. The path to creating how it is that you most want to feel has to feel the way you want the destination to feel. So you can't fight your way to peace. You can't struggle your way to feeling embraced. You can't stress your way out to calmness. You can't um, restrict and stay in poverty mentality and count every penny on your way to a new reality of abundance and prosperity and flow. You can't criticize yourself on your way to the beloved. Your job as an intentional creator as a deliberate maker, as someone who is fully embodying their self-agency and their creative power, your job is to choose the thoughts that support the life that you want to live. And let's get really real. Returning to positivity consistently can be like the hardest thing ever. Choosing faith is actually really hard to do when you are doubting, but that's the work of your spirit. That's the work of your life. It's the hardest and it's the best and it's the hardest and it's the best and the best and the best. 
And then you have to ask yourself, is staying consistently positive even possible? I think the answer is yes, but my yes might not be what you think it is. So let me break down positive think. I put that in quotes, positive think, because this is precisely where most manifestation techniques really mess with our heads. Positive thinking and the motivational circuit suggests that you can make bad things vanish. Except that bad things, negative things, tragic things, challenging things, the real things in life, usually require some confrontation and some consciousness and some loving attention and management from our side. Here's the thing. You don't want that pain to vanish and to disappear. Yeah, of course, ultimately you do. You want to look at it. You want to analyze it. You want to engage it. You want to apply compassion to it in addressing and meeting your pain with love and with compassion. You expand your consciousness. You become more compassionate. You become more loving. You become stronger. You become wiser when you attend to and care for your pain. So please don't try to varnish it, shellac it, disappear it, or fucking crush it with positive thinking because it doesn't really go away. With positive thinking. It just gets filed in this little dusty, dank drawer in the basement of your psyche, and it will come up later to be dealt with in the form of disappointment and anxiety and nervousness and stress and all those things you don't want to be feeling. Now, here's another detriment to positive thinking is that we're being trained in some circles to use positive think as a methodology um, to get what we want. Yeah, we have to go for higher vibration thoughts. Yes, we want to be choosing optimism and positivity so that our energy can be on that frequency and we can attract some of that. But we can't use positive thinking as a tool just for attainment, right? So stay with me. It's actually a form of shallow positivity. We need to be positive for multiple reasons. We need to be positive because being positive, being hopeful, being optimistic alleviates suffering. We need to be positive and choose hope because it's resiliency, uh, because it's good for our health, because positivity is a form of kindness and encouragement, all those reasons. If we're using positive thinking just to manifest what's on our vision board, just as a tool for creating things, just as a tool for getting what we want, then what happens when we don't get what we want? What happens when reality does not match our beautifully curated vision board that we made in our women's group that weekend? What happens when it is like not fucking working out? Well, that's when positive thinking collapses and we crash into all kinds of negative thinking and criticism and self-judgment, and we feel like a manifestation loser. We think we must be getting this wrong. We need to go a lot deeper when it comes to manifesting and certainly when it comes to choosing positivity. I'm interested in deep Positivity, 
deep positivity means that you have faith, you have the positive outlook that you will be okay, that you are worthy no matter what happens. It doesn't matter if you generate what's on your vision board or not. You're still worthy. You're still deserving. You are still complete and safe and loved and loving. Deep positivity, that kind of faith is a belief that you'll be okay no matter what happens. Not if it all works out in the end, not if you get what you want when you think you should get it, but no matter what, deep positivity knows that life is going to have your back, that God has you, that spirit is looking after you, even when you do not manifest what you want. You with me? Let your energy follow that thought, that life has you, whether you manifest what you want or not. You're worthy. When you can live in that place of deep positivity, of faith, you're less attached to having to have what you want. And when you're less attached, you know what happens. It has more space to show up in your life. It's like, you know, you're good no matter what. If you're good, there's a peacefulness to your nervous system. There's clearer thinking. There's more open feeling. There's more spaciousness in your energy field, and your desires have room to show up fulfilled. And if they don't, you're still cool. Let's talk about worthiness in terms of manifesting. I used to preach that you had to feel worthy of receiving what you were asking for in order to receive it. And like many things I've preached about before, I have changed my mind. Manifesting is a skill that's available to all of us. It's about harnessing life energy. You're doing it all the time, intentionally, unintentionally. So let me explain this with a metaphor. A carpenter does not need to be confident, let's say, that he can build a house in order to complete building that house, right? The carpenter just needs to have a plan and just he's got to show up every day and keep swinging that hammer. So It's about relentless focus. It's not about confidence that he can finish. It's not about his self-esteem. He doesn't need to feel worthy of crossing the finish line. Manifesting tools work the same way. You see the vision. You believe the vision. You feel the vision in your body, in your heart, in your psyche. And then you repeat. You see it. You believe it. You feel it. Repeat, right? Nowhere in that is self-worth a requirement. It's just the repetition of the formula of manifesting. You're just showing up with your manifestation hammer and you are hammering away according to that blueprint. Here's why this is really fucking great news. Because we all have self-worth issues. Our lack of esteem, our doubt is just bumping up against our desires all the time. It's part of creative tension. Some of us, some of us feel barely worthy of having a good friend. By the way, you're completely, entirely, totally, unquestionably worthy of a good friend, of multiple good friends, of so many great friends, lifetime friends. Others of us have buckets of self-esteem and even so and i'm speaking for myself we me 
I came to realize that even though I had lots of confidence and and a fair amount of self-love, I had some wells to draw on, some successes to lean on. You know, I realized that I was still doing this subtle negotiating with God to earn my keep, to be replenished, to have my desires fulfilled. God, am I being good enough? Do I get what I want now? So here's the thing. It doesn't matter where you are on the spectrum of self-worth. If you are feeling all worthy and deserving and blessed and birthrighted, or if you're at the other end of deep, dark questioning and self-loathing, feeling like a cosmic loser. If you are human, you are struggling in some way with your value. It's just part of being here. Let's be really clear that manifesting in the outer world, achieving stuff, getting stuff, being a baller from, you know, ideal, beautiful relationships that everybody is longing for, or lots of us, to prosperity and abundance that everybody is longing for, or at least some of us, you know, all of those things, all of those attainments and achievements, none of that is an actual indication of real self-esteem because we all know people who are successful in those ways who are really broken on the inside, who are just fighting to get their love in the world. So, you know, being a baller and being truly confident get conflated all the time. I, we know these people, we, there's the guy who locks onto his goals he nails them all the time, those quarterly objectives, bang, 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 got the babe, got the boat, got the bucks. But on the inside, he is still struggling with his lovability, right? But he's manifesting. So we all know people who are power manifestors, despite their profound self-esteem issues. So you can get results with visualization techniques and still feel that you are not truly worthy of what you're creating. Back to why this is all really good news. Self-love, self-compassion, self-respect, self-attention. That is the work of our lifetime. I think it is numero uno priority of why we incarnate. It requires constant excavation and constant devotion to sort that out and make some real progress. You do not need to become a master of self-compassion in order to create a life of ease and abundance. If you did, we'd be like it would be such a mess, right? You do not need to verify your worth in order to create what you desire. So you can have it, even if you don't feel worthy of it yet. You can have it right now. You can get it, attain it, Enjoy it, love it, be grateful for it, and still doubt that you are worthy of that. You can work alongside your manifestation focus and the techniques and the strategies. It's all pretty simple. While you are deepening your self-love, while you are expanding your consciousness, you can work towards what you want while you are learning to adore yourself more and discover that you are completely worthy and always have been. And that's how it works for most of us. 
even the ballers, even even those who are more evolved, even the monks, even the enlightened. Yeah, I believe, and I figured this out, I formed this belief the hard way. I believe that God sees us as worthy. I think it's actually beyond that. Our worth does not even come into question with creation. It's a given in the eyes, in the heart, in the existence of great spirit that we are worthy of having our desires fulfilled. We are the beloved eternally. So there's that. We're worthy in God's eyes, full stop. If you don't know that, just trust me. (laughs) Just try my belief on for size. So to make things more complex, we have free will. All of us have self-agency in this dimension. This is part of showing up as a holy being in a human package. In the greater scheme of life, I think I think that our final destination is inevitable. I think we all return to source. So I think that's a given. I think it's inevitable. I think that is a non-negotiable, we're going home. We're all getting back home. However, I think there are lessons that we have to learn that are like prerequisites to our wholeness, our fullness, to our soul growth. And I think those lessons are non-negotiable. I don't think free will enters into if we get to opt out of some of those lessons. I just think they're They are cosmically not optional. However, (laughs) not the however, how easily we learn those lessons with uh, what degree of suffering, with what degree of grace, with how long it takes for us to wake up, I think that's our choice. Oh, it's so beautiful. It's so merciful, so gorgeous. That's our free will coming into play. That's self-agency. So anyone can manifest pretty much anything. We all have the free will to do that. We all have access to the science, to the formulas of manifestation. Basically, again, see it, believe it, feel it, keep seeing it, keep feeling it, keep believing it, repeat. Manifestation is a technology. And like all technologies, I pray that we use it appropriately that we use the technology of manifestation to generate more loving realities for ourselves and for each other. And that's what I really want to talk about. All the material stuff, it can be so fun and we deserve that comfort and ease and we are living in a veritable paradise. The problem with the pre-existing paradise, is there too many pigs who are eating too many pieces of the pie? Greed is, I don't want to say it's running the show, but it's given us a run for our meaning and our fulfillment. Let's get on with manifesting fresh air and clean water and relationships that nourish and include and heal everybody. And on the way to doing that, upside bonus, our self-worth just unfolds. Because we're intending to manifest love. 
We're intending to create from the heart and from the soul. We are weaving together. We're creating a heart-centered vision. It's a vision for ourselves that arises from our deep love. It's a vision, something that we want to manifest that's connected to each other. It's a place of infusion and inclusion. Our manifestation is rooted in compassion. It's joyful. We're wishing for things that are connected to everybody else's gain and growth, evolution, prosperity, and joy. A heart-centered vision benefits us and the whole collective. And really, I think it's too late in the day for anything else. It's getting a little hot and a little crowded and a little too painful on the planet to be creating visions that only include our small little individual realities. That's the dark side. That's the shadow side. That's the wounded and the wounding side of all of the manifestation techniques that are available to us. We're only using them in too many cases for our own gain. I'm not saying you need to not desire prosperity and abundance and a beautiful home and a vehicle that works and good food on the table and the love of your life and great sex and a hot body. Want all of those things, but include other people in that vision. Know that if you have all those things, it will make you more generous, more joyous, more healthy, more able to contribute to the collective happiness of everybody around you. All you need to do is include that intention in your vision, for starters. And hey, let's wake up. How many purses and shoes and golf clubs, et cetera, et cetera, do we really need? Is our receiving actually taking from the planet? We have a problem with resources. We're over-consuming in order to try and feed the whole in our soul. Heart-centered visions come from a place of awareness, of abundance, of light. The visions and the goals that come from a place of lacking or having to prove something are ego-based visions. You know, ultimately they create division within ourselves and with the people around us. Ego-based dreams are often about needing to achieve something in order to feel worthy. But hey, you're worthy anyway. Remember, even if you don't feel worthy, you get to have fulfillment. You can get to that in conscious, loving ways, a heart-centered vision of what you want to manifest. Here's how to do that. You're going to think about what you want. You're going to dream about what you desire, and you're going to connect those desires, the things you want to manifest. You're going to root those into higher values, values like love and wisdom and abundance and generosity and healing and joy. What does what you desire have to do with those qualities? How does manifesting, materializing, actualizing, attracting the things that you want increase all of those values for yourself and other people? Getting the job, having a lifestyle with gorgeous family vacations, eating well, finding your beloved, having great sex, Being healthy, having a hot body, feeling at peace, all those things can absolutely positively be connected 
to love and wisdom and abundance and healing and generosity and joy. Just make the connection in your consciousness as you build your vision and as you do the things to manifest that vision. So it goes like this. When I am laying out a vision or a strategy or I'm saying a prayer that my business be successful and prosperous, say we want to make a certain amount of money in the first quarter of the year, I always include in that vision how it's going to help other people. Dear life, dear great creator, may we be blessed with abundance so that we can share that abundance with other people. Dear great spirit, may I be well and vibrant and healthy and youthful and full of energy and resilience and strength and stamina and feeling hot and sexy and flexible so that I have the strength to do my work in the world that is about alleviating suffering and amplifying joy. The more well I am, the more I can give. Thank you, so be it, and so it is. Why do I want to live in a great home that gives me peace and comfort and there's beauty and I can celebrate with my friends because it eases my nervous system, it gives me joy, and I am able to share that joy with more people. I am able to create a place of refuge, of healing, of partying, of connection, of communing. When I wish for a beloved partnership, it's not just for my joy and his joy, but that our union can be a source of inspiration, a source of service, that the support we create for each other in our lives helps us be stronger and clearer and wiser and more playful and more equipped to go out and give generously to the world, whether that's charity and philanthropy or it's kindness, whatever it is. So you see, every personal desire is linked to the benefit of humankind. Hey, rather than taking advertising dollars for this episode, I'm just going to take one minute to tell you about a cause that affects all of us. The charitable organization I want to bring your attention to is V-Day. V-Day is a global activist movement to end violence against women and girls across the world. It was founded by Eve Ensler. You may know her work through Vagina Monologues or through the global uprising that is known as One Billion Rising, which is celebrated on February 14th, Valentine's Day every year, where over a billion people take to the streets to dance for human justice. If you head to vday.org, you can make a tax-deductible donation in any amount, every dollar counts, towards supporting campaigns to end female genital mutilation, uh, rape being used as a tactic of war, girls being enslaved for human trafficking, and the list, unfortunately, goes on. What it needs is our love, our awareness, our dancing, and our dollars. vday.org. Please, head on over. So let me just boil it down. Desire works best when you have intersecting, interrelated reasons for wanting what you want. You want it for yourself and you want it for others. You want it for pleasure and you want to be of service. You want it because having it gives you joy and you can send that joy out 
whether that's money or resources or healing, out in so many other directions. Desire has more potential, by the way, to manifest when you intend to bring other people up with you. That's not the reason to do it solely. It's it's not just about supercharging your manifestation practice. It helps. But really what this is about is the beauty of love and generosity, soul growth, evolution, godliness. And just to be clear, you know, there's nothing wrong with doing something precisely and only for yourself or someone else that you love. But a steady diet of that, that's just going to lead to self-absorption and most definitely to burnout. When our desires include others, we naturally open our hearts and our minds, which only allows more good energy and thinking to flow into us. And I think life, God, the Divine Father, Divine Mother, Great Spirit is really totally thrilled when we are weaving our getting, our receiving with giving. It's, it's really efficient in the most sacred way. Wanting something that lifts everybody up is really such an elegant system. And the universe loves elegance. And that's how you create a heart-centered vision, a soul-based manifestation plan. And then it's all about faith. Actually, more than that, it's about having faith and acting on it. All right, I have to turn to the Bible for this one. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So many powerful words in that. Substance, hope, evidence. Faith is believing that there is light even when it's really dark. You know it's there somewhere really dark. My current reality, the material situation is darkness, but I know there's light. I know it exists. I know it's coming back. I know I'm going to see it. I know. You can't prove it then and there. You might not even be able to convince anybody else. You usually can't, but you know in the deepest part of your being of its existence, you have faith. So with respect to manifesting, we're fostering faith. We're feeding faith, we're nourishing faith that our desires will be made manifest. All right? We're choosing faith. Doubt is a choice. Faith is also a choice. Choose faith. Faith is a muscle. The more you choose the faithful thought, the more you choose to believe, the more you work on eclipsing your doubt with the brightness, with the fullness, with the sensuality, with the deep feeling of your faith, the more easier it will be to access faith in doubtful situations. Faith is a superpower, but here's the thing. Faith isn't enough. You've got to meet life with action. This is part of the holy meeting the human. This is part of living in this dimension. Faith on its own is useless. It's not enough. It's beautiful, it's vibrant, it's even magnetic, but it's only half of the equation. All right, I'm going to turn to the Bible again. This comes from James chapter 2, verse 14. What does it profit, my brethren, if someone says he has faith but does not have works? Can faith save him? 
If a brother or sister is naked and destitute of daily food, and one says to them, Depart in peace, be warm and filled, but you do not give them the things which are needed for the body, what does it profit? Thus also, faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. Put your money where your mouth is. Put your sweat into your strategy. Put your back into life. Put your back into it. You got to back up that faith with some action. Faith on its own, useless. Faith requires care and feeding. So here's how I see it. Faith is the blueprint. Faith is the map. So it's the blueprint of what you want to build. For me, it's such a beautiful, effectual way to think of it. I'm believing in what I want. I have complete faith that what I desire is already fulfilled. That creates grooves in my psyche. Those grooves founded by faith, by believing, are creating pathways to me for the things I want to show up. So you lay down the tracks of your faith. And the vision grows and rises on top of that faith. Can you see it? Can you feel it? So the actual building, the work that you apply to the faith, has everything to do with your inner and outer devotion. So you're working with a heart-centered vision. It's a vision that includes yourself and everybody else's growth and gain. You lock your faith down. You lay it down. You have a deep, abiding belief that what you desire is being manifested, that on some dimension it already exists. Your faith is creating the groove for that to show up. You are bringing that to you. You are building that vision. You are manifesting and creating that by showing up for life devotedly in a consistent way. So you keep your mind and your body clean and clear. You remove the obstacles to love. You ask for guidance. You purify yourself. You give generously. You write. You show up at your keyboard. You do the yoga. You do your stretching. You meet with your accountability group. You make the donation. You get educated. You keep asking questions. You pray. You give thanks. You make requests. You give more thanks. You spread loving kindness. You give more thanks. You do what it takes to be well. You move towards joy, you share that joy, and you repeat. And that is the work that brings your faith to life. That's the building. And at some point, you can't tell which came first, your faith or your action. Just think to yourself, I know it's going to show up because I'm doing the work. It's so fucking practical in the end. All right, speaking of practicalities, let's move into visualization. Working with visualizations is, it's both a metaphysical science and an art. You're going to visualize the fulfillment of your desire by seeing a moment that captures it all. What's the one vision that's the punctuation, that's the, the pinnacle, the ultimate symbol, the clearest picture that is showing you that you manifested what you wanted. So for example, you want to win a medal. You're not visualizing yourself training 
to win the race. What you're visualizing, what you're seeing yourself doing is winning the medal. You're, you're, you're on the podium. You are victorious. You have arrived. You don't see the process it took to get you there. You just see the win. It's a complete scenario. So think about the best possible outcome of your intentions and your deepest desires. And that's the scene that you want to feel and see and flesh the details out and believe with all your heart. It's like you don't need a major motion picture that gives you the whole unfolding of your vision. You just need that one best scene. All right, so let's just remember, we've got a heart-centered vision, right? Your love is including love for other people. All right, so bring to mind two or three, no more than three. We want to really stay focused with our, our energy. Bring to mind two or three things that you really want to manifest. These are the deep longings in your life. Maybe there are new things that have come up for you. It's like, oh, I didn't know I want this before, but this is one of my dreams. Maybe it's a long-held dream. Maybe it's something you're in the middle of manifesting and you know you're well on your way to creating it. So two or three visions, intentions. And then what you want to do for each of those is create, write, visualize the best scene that says it all for each of those bigger visions. And while you are seeing and feeling and embodying yourself in that vision, you are fully aware that your joy, that goodness, that exuberance and excitement and pleasure is rippling out from your being and spreading that good vibe, that love, that sweetness, that abundance out into the world. Your joy is inclusive. Your joy is generous. Your joy is for yourself on behalf of love. Woo. I'm getting excited for my visions and yours because they're all intertwined. All right, let's refine this a little more. So an important metaphysical side note here is once you bake and define those vignettes, those, those visions for yourself, don't keep changing the vision. You don't want to build on it or morph it too much. It's like changing your dinner order when you're at a restaurant a bunch of times. You know, it just creates confusion in the kitchen. It increases the chances of you not getting the meal that you wanted on time, right? You want to craft your visualization. You want to trust it. You want to nurture it. You want to feed it and water it like it's a seed. Commit to it. That's why it's a really good idea to put thought, a lot of thought into exactly what it is that you want, why you want it, and the vision that sums it all up. So when you're crafting that vision, what are you seeing and sensing? What do you hear and smell? Who are you with? What's the quality of the light and the air in that vision? What are the other sounds that you hear? The idea here is that you're keeping your sensory nature really active and alive. So you are feeling this. You are soaking this into your psyche, your heart, your soul, your brain. You are the vision. You are your reality fulfilled. And then... Here's some extra cosmic spice for you. You're going to infuse that vision with color. Color is concentrated energy. Different colors represent different energies. We're going to work with the colors of love, of manifestation, and of clarity. They are light pink, shimmering gold, and white. 
So as you're visualizing what is coming true for you, what has already come true on some dimension and is on its way to you through your blueprint of faith, you are imagining light pinks swirling, undulating, moving with shimmering golds, swirling, moving, pranic alive, and just hints of ribbons of white flowing through your heart. You're marinating in those colors. All right, so when you go off and do this on your own, just remember light pinks, shimmering golds, white. Pink, gold, white. Bask that vision in those colors. Just let it sit and soak and be nourished like the seed that it is. You can be sitting to do this. You can be sitting to pray. You can be in lotus. You can be going for a walk. You can be lying in bed. Whenever you want to bring your vision to mind and then have it marinate in those colors, it's always a good time to visualize. This is the second to last step in visualizing your desires coming true. You're going to release the vision. Why do we release the vision? Because symbolically and literally, we're giving the vision to the cosmos so that life can take it over for us. We're also giving it upward and releasing it so that it's not taking up our mind space. We have a life to live in current reality. We're going to send it forth with great faith that it's being worked on. Send it into the sky, into the ethers, into pure space until your vision fully disappears from your sight. It gets smaller and smaller and off it goes up to great spirit. And now you let faith handle it. You don't need to obsess about it all day. You don't need to think about when it's coming, how it's going to find you. You just focus on your faith. That's your only job. After you've crystallized that vision, a vision that is heart-centered, that is all about your joy, that includes other people's joy, focus on faith. You keep your thoughts pure and focused and you give. You move towards your joy. You make choices for your wellness and then you give that joy and that wellness to other people. And repeat, faith, joy, generosity. And what's that coming down the highway of faith? The blueprint of trust? It's exactly what you want. Little bit of extra love coming your way with reflection cards. Reflection cards are a set of really short but really deep, kind of like me, questions for you to go deeper into your heart and your own wisdom. You don't have to journal. You could ask yourself while you're running to catch the bus, or you could journal. This could be part of your morning pages, just some depth to expand the day. You get the idea. I know you're wise. Questions, reflection, expansion. Go to daniellelaporte.com slash with love and everything podcast and reflection is right there waiting for you. Thanks. We always begin with gratitude and we always conclude with gratitude. So at the end of your visualization session, give thanks to all beings seen and unseen who are helping you manifest your heart-centered vision into a beautiful reality. And this is the part where I extend my gratitude to you. Thank you for staying with me through this one. 
If I haven't made myself clear, let me just do it one more time. I have an agenda. My wish, my prayer, my hope, my declaration of leadership is I am making a fervent request that you want things that include everybody else's joy. You still get the shoes. You can still have the baby. You can still have the boat. You still get the bucks. And you get to make sharing your joy and being generous with your fulfillment a new evolutionary standard. Okay, nailed it. That's it. How's that for manifesting? Boom. I will see you here next episode. I'm going to manifest you coming back. Always. Thank you so much for listening, for feeling, for spreading the word. You can find me here in a new episode every Thursday and every Sunday with love.